Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Is this thing on? My mic on? God, I need to figure out how to do this again. Hey, hey, everyone! Yes, I am back. Where the mess have I been? Right? Because it's been over a month, I think? Because I stopped, let's see. I think I stopped doing the weekly news roundup sometime in April when Viper Week was when Viper Week was getting a little bit difficult to handle. So it's been a it's been a little while. And, and though if you include Viper Week, then it's only it, no, it has been a month, a month and a few weeks. So where have I been? The short answer is trying to finish up. Well, as of as of earlier this month, I was trying to figure I was trying to finish Viper Week. That's what I was doing. So I think it was the tenth or so. The 10th of this month when I actually finished because I had two, I had three articles actually in the midst of May. I had three articles I needed to do and I had a video I still needed to do. And it took all of May because I had an article that was really, really difficult to write. It took a long time to try and finish. And then, actually that's kind of out of order, but yeah, I had three articles. One of them was really difficult. The other two weren't so bad. And then I had a video I needed to finish. So that's where I've been. Uh, apologies for no update. If any of you follow the website or, well, I say the website primarily, I think my Instagram is where I made that post talking about where I've been. But yeah, I bit off a little more than I could chew with Viper Week this year, especially considering I decided to do it so late and finish a lot of two-year-old projects, primarily article projects that I had started back in 2019. But that is done and we are back a lot of new cars came out. A lot of new cars came out in the time I've been gone. We had the new Subaru BRZ, the GR86. It's no longer the GT86. We have the new, just recently, just within the last two days, I think actually yesterday, the Ferrari 296 and so many other, so many electric cars actually. Far more electric cars than I will need to get into very, very soon. So you can expect the new car episodes to come out this week. I might have to to ramp up the uploads to maybe three a week so that means friday because i i still was trying to get through cars from 2020 before i did viper week and so now i have a crap ton of new cars from just this year so in order to get caught up i'm probably going to do three new car episodes a week rather than two if i can manage it i might do four so that would mean monday tuesday Thursday, Friday, and then Wednesday I'd still save for racing occasionally, but that's the way things might shake out because again, there's so many cars I need to get into and there's still new cars coming out and I don't want to fall behind too, too much. So I can't say which new cars are going to be coming out first, but I'm thinking I might do the GR86 and then maybe the BRZ for the week after, mostly because I'm really, really curious on the GR86. From what I've read, it, it's pretty much same old same old in the sense that it's not that different from the brz but i want to find that out definitively and then of course doing the new ferrari really 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 soon and then also i've been working on t-shirts a new set of t-shirts and we are now on a new place we are on teespring so in the link of this episode i will or sorry in the description of this episode i will have a link to my teespring store so you guys can check out the shirts we have a few right now we'll have some ccc branded merch coming soon and we'll have stickers mugs and whatever but for the moment we just have some shirts so make sure to check out the description or, yeah make sure to check out the description and then where i'll probably say teespring or something like that like teespring storefront and then check out the shirts and then hey if you see something you like pick one up but with all that out of the way you want to hear the news 
I want to read the news because it's been a really, really long time. So let's get into it. As CarWow nears 2 billion YouTube views, Matt Watson tells us why drag race videos have us all hooked. Honda wastes no time. 2022 Civic Type R spy testing ahead of next year reveal. Next year? Oof! The new Civic Type R is expected to retain the 2-liter turbocharged 4-cylinder and be front-wheel drive only. The Hellcat Pacifica minivan returns in new illustrations. Chrysler, it's your turn now. Mazda will electrify the next generation MX-5. But how? This aerodynamic electric motorcycle should exceed 250 miles per hour. The WMC 250EV has four electric motors, delivering a combined 134 horsepower. As little as 12% of UK public confident in sharing the road with self-driving cars. <laughs> that might actually be a little higher than I was expecting. Although not confident in full autonomy, the vast majority believe that driving aids make them safer. Yes, because it takes over a handful of responsibility from you. F1 updates 2021 calendar yet again as Turkey returns and Yas Marina gets a facelift. The Turkish GP will take place on the weekend of October 1st through the 3rd, and Abu Dhabi's Yas Marina circuit will have some of its corners reprofiled. Toyota introduces a free autonomous shuttle service in Indianapolis. Toyota Service, which features five Lexus SUVs and one wheelchair-accessible shuttle, will run until mid-November. 2021 Genesis G80 now available with 206 horsepower diesel in Australia. The 2.2-liter diesel of the Genesis G80 slots between the 2.5-liter and 3.5-liter petrol engines. At over 1.3 million, you can be the talk of Porsche files with a 934 forward slash 5. This Porsche 934 5 made its racing debut at the 1977 12 Hours of Sebring where it finished third. Don't! Mercedes AMG C63 early 2010s or late 2000s era C63. Driver destroys wheel and rear axle while doing donuts. The driver of this Mercedes-Benz C63 AMG didn't do a good job of impressing the crowds. Rory Gamble, head of America's United Auto Workers Union, to retire this month. Gamble saw the union through one of the biggest scandals in its history, as well as several historic moments. Diddy to go public in the U.S., targets valuation exceeding $60 billion. Diddy wants to raise $3.9 billion by selling 288 million shares, priced between $13 and $14 each. BMW reportedly pulling the plug on the i3 in America. Why? Production of the U.S. spec i3 will reportedly end next month. Records of 1.6 million Mercedes customers in the U.S. exposed. Nearly 1,000 contain sensitive info. Driver license numbers, social security numbers, and credit card information was publicly accessible. Oh no. Battery supplier Panasonic sells all its shares in Tesla for $3.6 billion. The company brought its stake, sorry, bought its stake for around $30 million in 2010, but Tesla share prices have skyrocketed since. 2022 BMW 2 Series Coupe to debut at Goodwood on July 8th. The 2 Series Coupe will be shown alongside the new i4 and iX. Maserati teams up with Japanese street culture icon and DJ for a limited edition Gibble. This limited edition doesn't feature any performance enhancements, but does include a number of unique visual touches. Lexus won't comment on Toyota GR86 based coupe rumor, but mystically says exciting things coming. Will Lexus make a fancy hybrid version of the GR86 to sell alongside the LC500H? Rumors suggest that it may. Jeep takes on the Bronco Sasquatch package with 2022 Wrangler Extreme Recon package. The new package for the Wrangler Rubicon and Rubicon 392 features 35-inch tires, beadlock-capable wheels, and a 1.5-inch lift with specially-tuned shocks. 
Natasha Romanoff drives a BMW X3 on Marvel's latest film, Black Widow. Shouldn't it be in Marvel's latest film? Anyway. 2022 Volkswagen Polo GTI spotted with almost no camo ahead of imminent reveal. Check out the new Polo GTI caught testing just a few days ahead of its full unveiling that's expected before the end of June. 2022 Toyota GR86 to make its global dynamic debut at the 2021 Festival of Speed. The new 2022 Toyota GR86 will demonstrate its sharper handling on Goodwood's famous hill course. Volvo's upcoming electric SUV will feature over-the-air driver assist updates for improved safety. The XC90's electric follow-up will feature advanced autonomous tech as standard to help, to help keep drivers out of dangerous accidents. 2022 Honda Civic Hatch's official accessories are here to fix its boring image. Sexy wheels and a rear wing make a dramatic improvement. Skoda aims to electrify emergency services with Enyaq IV Blue Light. Why Blue Light, though? The electric crossover SUV will be on offer pre-configured for, emer for emergency use in the UK from July. The Celine S7 Twin Turbo proved the US could create a serious hypercar. This Celine S7 Twin Turbo has only been driven 1,300 miles! Mercedes-AMG GT Black Series-inspired new 2,250-horsepower cigarette racing boat. The cigarette racing 41 Nighthawk AMG Black Series has five Mercury Racing 4.6-liter V8s. Four of them! No, five! It has five of them! Good God! That's crazier than the Hot Wheels Twin Mill. Mazda celebrates 30 years since it won the 24 Hours of Le Mans with the 787B. The famed Mazda 787B finished 1st and 6th in 1991, making Mazda the first Japanese manufacturer to win Le Mans. Facelifted 2022 Audi e-tron and e-tron Sportback to offer 373 mile range. Audi is preparing an update for the e-tron and e-tron Sportback electric SUVs focused on improving efficiency. Nissan imagines what a rally-spec juke would look like in tribute to the 240Z. Although just a concept, these illustrations show what a rally-ready juke could look like. Kimi Raikkonen test drives the Alfa Romeo Giulia GTAM he helped to develop. The former Formula 1 world champion reflects on the improvements he made to the most powerful Alfa Romeo sedan. Honda Canada says 2022 Civic Hatchback won't get SI trim, only the sedan will. Why? In Canada, where the Civic sedan is made, that will be the only model available with the SI trim. Skoda announces new entry-level strategy for 2030. We'll launch three new EVs by 2030. Skoda is aiming to become one of the top five brands in Europe. Steering issue forces Nissan to recall 2020 and 2021 Sentra. Some 2020 and 2021 Nissan Sentras were manufactured with a tie rod that may have been bent during assembly. 2022 Cadillac CT4V Blackwing develops the most downforce in V-Series history. The Blackwing's carbon fiber packages were subjected to more than 500 hours of wind tunnel testing. Italy's Bologna Airport has the ultimate follow-me car, a Lamborghini Huracan Evo. The Huracan Evo will help guide aircraft around the airport for the next several months. Honda confirms Civic Hybrid and Type R are coming for 2022. This comes after the news that the new Civic SI will be arriving in October of this year. 2022 Jeep Wrangler Extreme Recon Package outed battles Ford's Battles Ford Broncos Sasquatch Package. In fact, we already talked about that. The Extreme Recon Package is set to give the Wrangler a 100 to 1 crawl ratio. That is going to be it for this segment, though. I will see you all after the break. While we take this short and elevator musicless break, sorry, I would like to inform you all that there is more CCC content for you to enjoy. 
For articles, videos, polls, quizzes, posts about the podcast, and even a little bit more, please head on over to my all-new Cody's Car Conundrum website. With a whole new design and all my content in one place, the new Cody's Car Conundrum website is the home of everything I do with CCC. Just go to codyscarconundrum.com to devour even more car-based content. Alrighty, everyone, we are back, and we are going to start off the digging into the news section here with a recall, the one about the Sentra. Nissan has issued a recall for over 138,000 Sentra models due to an issue with an important steering component. A recall notice issued with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, or NHTSA, as I've learned it's said, reveals that 2020 and 2021 Sentra models could have been manufactured with tie rods that were bent during assembly. Nissan states that a manufacturing issue at its, I can't even, it's at Agua, we'll just leave it at that, at its Agua factory is behind the problem and notes that a bent tie rod could impact the driver's ability to steer, <laughs> you think, the vehicle, while also causing vibrations. If the tie rod breaks, the automaker notes it could lead to a potential loss of steering control that increases the risk of a crash. Assuming someone doesn't automatic, doesn't just instantly crash once they lose the tie rod, but anyway. In total, the recall impacts 138,736 Sentra models that were built between, pay attention, November 25th, 2019, and March 24th, 2021. Once again, this affects 138,736 Nissan Sentra models that were built between November 25th, 2019, and March 24th, 2021. Nissan isn't aware of any crashes or injuries related to the issue. Nissan notified dealerships of the issue on June 18th and will start notify, notifying owners of affected vehicles on August 5th. Owners will be instructed to take their vehicles to a Nissan dealer where both the left and the right side tie rods will be inspected and if either is bent, will be replaced free of charge. This isn't the first time the Sentra has been recalled this year. In March, Nissan announced a recall for a for 807,376 Sentra models built between 2016 and 2019 model years because the brake lights might not, may not have illuminated when the brake pedal was pressed. This issue was triggered by a brake light switch that could become contaminated by off-gassing from silicon-based grease used in surrounding components. Next, we talk about how Mazda is supposedly going to electrify the next generation MX-5. <laughs> Everything I love! Everything I love is dying or getting tainted or getting <laughs> is nothing sacred is how I feel right now. And I imagine a lot of others feel that way as well. The next generation Mazda MX-5 Miata will use some form of electrification, but what form will it take? As we reported last week during a recent interview with Japanese publication Karuma News, hopefully I got that right, Managing Executive Officer of Mazda Motor Corporation, Mr. Kojima, hopefully I got that right, indicated that the Mazda MX-5 Miata will continue to be offered beyond 2030. The date set by Mazda when 25% of its models will be EVs, and the remaining 75% will feature some form of electrification. Kojima also indicated that helping the MX-5 to soldier on into a new generation could be an internal combustion engine that runs on biofuel. A Mazda spokesperson has since confirmed to Motor 1 that the MX-5 Miata will indeed move to electrification, although it is unclear how Mazda will achieve this. If the automaker does indeed proceed with plans to keep combustion engines alive with e-fuels, it could get away with simply giving the MX-5 a 48-volt mild hybrid system that has a compact battery pack and an electric motor to provide a small amount of all-electric range. Alternatively, Mazda could opt to make it a more traditional hybrid with a larger battery pack. Then there's always the possibility of it becoming a plug-in hybrid, although such a configuration seems less likely. 
Whatever direction Mazda takes with the new with the next generation MX-5, it will no doubt have one thing at the forefront of its mind. Wait. One of the reasons why the Miata is so beloved is because of how small and light it is, and overloading it with a large battery pack could have a detrimental impact on how it handles. With that in mind, an all-electric variant seems unlikely, at least for the foreseeable future. Now we talk about an electric motorcycle that has a really high top speed. A company by the name of White Motorcycle Concepts, interesting name, wants to set a new land speed record with an electric motorcycle, and to make it happen, it has designed a bike that is truly unlike any other. Aerodynamics have played a key part in the design of the bike, dubbed the WMC 250 EV, and as such, it has a massive hole in it that runs from the very front to the rear. Ordinarily, the engine of a motorcycle is located directly beneath the fuel tank, but as the WMC, WMC 250 EV doesn't have a fuel tank, nor does it have a combustion, well, a big combustion engine, there is a massive void beneath the seat and handlebars. White Motorcycle Concepts refer to this feature as the V-Air and claims that it reduces drag by up to 70% compared to a normal motorcycle. Located beneath the V-Air is the powertrain the company dubs D-Drive. It consists of two 20kW electric motors at the front wheel and two 30kW AC motors to power the rear wheel. That results in a combined 100kW or 134 horsepower fed through a 150kWh lithium-ion battery pack. Top Gear notes that most components are made from either carbon fiber or aluminum to reduce the weight. All up, the bike weighs 300 kilograms or 661 pounds, which is heavy by motorcycle standards, but as the bike is so aerodynamic, it will be fast. Robert White, the man behind the company, wants to break both the British and world electric land speed records over the coming 12 months. To do so, he will need to stop, no, he will need to top the current two-way record of 245.10 miles per hour or 394.4 kilometers per hour and one-way speed of 253 miles per hour or 407 kilometers per hour. And now for arguably the most puzzling news in the entire podcast, BMW reportedly pulling the plug on the i3 in America. BMW is gearing up to launch the i4 and iX in the United States early next year, and it appears the company is making room for the models by dropping the i3. Okay. Citing a dealer bulletin, BMW blog is reporting production of the US spec i3 will end in July. We've reached out to BMW USA for comment, but the i3 has been a slow seller in the United States. Sales peaked at 11,024 units in 2015 and have fallen every year since. The automaker sold 4,854 units in 2019, but sales dropped to 1,508 units last year. However, the coronavirus pandemic likely played a role in that disappointing result. BMW has previously suggested time, time was running out for the i3. Last fall, the automaker announced the Mini Countryman successor would go into production in 2023 and be built at the Leipzig plant, which currently builds the electric hatchback. At the time, the automaker noted the plant has built the iconic BMW i3 electric car since 2013, and many took that to mean the i3 would be phased out to make room for the Countryman successor. However, previous reports suggest, or had suggested the i3 would be sticking around until 2024. While the model's fate remains unclear, the 2021 BMW i3 starts at $44,450 before incentives and features an electric motor that develops 168 horsepower or 125 kilowatts or 170 PS and 110 pound-feet or 149 newton meters of torque. It enables the car to accelerate from 0 to 60 or 0 to 96 kilometers per hour in 7.2 seconds and hit a top speed of 93 miles per hour or 150 kilometers per hour and travel up to 153 miles or 246 miles on a single charge. They might mean 246 kilometers, but I digress. 
The i3 also offers a higher performance S variant as well as an as well as an range extending powertrain, but it appears the writing is on the wall for all of them. Now let's talk about that Mercedes security leak, we'll say. Mercedes-Benz USA has revealed the sensitive personal information of nearly 1,000 customers and potential customers was inadvertently made accessible on a cloud storage system. The company didn't go into many specifics, but said they were tipped off by an external security researcher who presumably came across the information. The automaker is investigating the incident in cooperation with its vendor and said it believes the information was entered by customers and interested buyers on dealer and Mercedes-Benz websites between January 1st, 2014 and June 19th, 2017. The company went on to say none of their systems were compromised and there was no evidence at this time that any of the information was used maliciously. While that is good news, the automaker noted the files included a small number of drivers, driver license numbers, social security numbers, credit card information, and dates of birth. That's pretty much an identity theft and credit card fraud starter kit, but Mercedes said someone would need knowledge of special software programs and tools to find the information, which you just said what they would need, as it wasn't accessible via a basic internet search. The company added the issue has been fixed and their vendor has ensured them the incident can't be replicated. Yeah, they better hold them to their word. However, it appears approximately 1.6 million records were exposed in total. Mercedes said the vast majority of these records included information such as names, addresses, emails, phone numbers, and some purchase vehicle information. That being said, the roughly 1,000 records contained sensitive information are far more serious. Mercedes-Benz USA has already begun notifying individuals whose sensitive information was accessible and stated anyone who had their credit card information, driver's license number, or social security number included in the data will be offered a complimentary 24-month subscription to a credit monitoring service. It better be a good one, and it better be a darn expensive one at that. Next, we dive into the article that talks about how Kimi Raikkonen felt about the Alfa Romeo Giulia GTAM. Alfa Romeo Formula 1 driver Kimi Raikkonen was back behind the wheel of the brand's road car he helped develop, the Giulia GTAM, to see if his work paid off. The result, you won't be surprised to hear, was a typically understated yes. Even when he's selling his racing team's road cars, Kimi is still the Iceman after all. I really like it. If I could imitate Kimi, then I would totally do it, but I can't, so unfortunately there it is. We're looking at a car that can be used on, a, on an everyday basis, but that can also be taken onto the track one in which you can really enjoy yourself, he said in a video released by Alfa Romeo today. The Giulia GTAM uses a tuned version of Alfa Romeo's 2.9-liter twin-turbo V6 to make 532 horsepower, 540 PS, or 396 kilowatts, while a carbon fiber hood, roof, front bumper, front wheel arches, rear wheel arch inserts, and titanium exhaust all help lighten the car by 100 kilograms, or 220 pounds, which is not insignificant. The thing that most impresses Raikkonen, though, was the downforce. Of course, it's better at high speeds in terms of balance, said the former, former Formula 1 world champion. It feels like I'm more loaded on the front to turn quicker. It's fast, easy to drive, and handle. Of course, for someone who's more used to a single-seat race car than a track day toy, the primary joy of the GTAM is the ability to, to also be used as a road car. This made for, we go out from here, we go to the beach, and then, okay, we come back and we're going to do some laps. Let's do it, said Raikkonen. Prices for the slightly less extreme Julia GTA in pictures below starts at 175,000 euros or 208,000 USD in Italy. While the hardcore Julia GTAM seen in the video above is priced at 180,000 euros or 214,000 USD. That's way more than the Vipe Race Yara was originally, and it's not faster. Whew! 
I love the GTA and the GTA M, but it is not worth $218,000. Or what was it? Yeah, $214,000. It's not worth that much. It's great, but it's not worth that much. Whew! Lordy. That, that's making me sweat just thinking about it. And lastly, we talk about the downforce of the... <laughs> we talk more about downforce. Regarding the 2022 Cadillac CT4V Blackwing. Cadillac recently showcased the CT4V Blackwing's potential on the track, and now the company has revealed the model delivers the most, sorry, delivers the highest downforce in V-Series history. Needless to say, designers and engineers paid special attention to the car's aerodynamics, especially in regards to the available carbon fiber packages. Both packages were developed using a new 5-belt rolling road wind tunnel in Michigan, as well as a wind shear wind tunnel used by Cadillac Racing in North Carolina. This ensures they deliver exceptional agility and confidence thanks to the reduction of lift and the increase of downforce they produce. Of course, designing the package or packages was easier said than done as they were subjected to over 500 hours of wind tunnel testing and 300 simulations using advanced computational fluid dynamics technology. Cadillac also used virtual reality headsets and this allowed engineers to identify opportunities in real time to exploit additional aerodynamic efficiencies. Thanks to this extensive development, the CT4V Blackwing has a carbon fiber package 1 that includes front dive planes, underwing strakes, a front splitter, front wheel deflectors, and an optimized rear spoiler. Customers can also upgrade to the carbon fiber package 2, or number 2, which adds rocker extensions and a rear diffuser. That's just the tip of the aerodynamic iceberg though, as the sedan sports a race-inspired front underwing, 3D printed brake cooling ducts, and front fender vents that help to release pressure built up within the front wheel wells to reduce drag and lift. The model also boasts a flat underbody as well as rear control arm covers which prevent air from building up around the rear wheel wells and control arms. According to Cadillac V-Series Blackwing Chief Engineer Tony Roma, with the CT4V Blackwing, we create net downforce that is incredibly rare in production vehicles. He went on to say this gives the car more grip and greater stability, which will inspire drivers to more confidently explore its full capabilities. Cadillac Aerodynamics Performance Engineer Scott Sear, hopefully I got that right, also noted that discrete components, such as the underwing, allow the company to avoid a massive rear wing that didn't fit with the design of the luxury sedan. The 2022 CT4V Blackwing will arrive at dealerships late this summer with a twin-turbo 3.6-liter V6 engine that produces 472 horsepower or 352 kilowatts or 479 PS and 445 pound-feet or 603 newton meters of torque. It enables the model to rocket from 0 to 60 miles per hour or 0 to 96 kilometers per hour in approximately 3.8 seconds (laughs) or Viper speed, Gen 3 Viper speed and hit an estimated top speed of 189 miles per hour or 304 kilometers per hour. Those are some pretty impressive specs, especially when you consider the model starts at $59,990. While initial reservations have already been spoken for, Cadillac noted a limited supply of vehicles are still available to order. That is going to be the end of this segment, though I will see you all after the break for the final segment. Alright, 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 we are back, everyone! Watch Randy Pope's RIP performance Tesla Model S Plaid up Pike's Peak. The car uses the stock powertrain, but has new suspension, a stripped-out interior, and an aggressive aero kit. Rolls-Royce launches new Wraith and Dawn Black Badge Landspeed Collection. The new special edition Rolls-Royce models pay tribute to the land speed records of Captain George Eiston? I probably butchered that, I'm sorry. Jeep may grant enthusiast wishes and launch a V8-powered Gladiator. 
Jeep Gladiator senior brand manager acknowledged the demand for a V8 Gladiator and hinted that it could happen. Considering we now finally have a factory V8 Wrangler and a 392 factory V8 Wrangler, no less, I would imagine that's going to happen sometime in the next two years, maybe the next three years. I mean, the front end as far as the engine base can't be that different because fundamentally the Gladiator is just a Wrangler with a truck bed. And it's definitely a Wrangler at the front. I mean, you look at the face, you look at the engine bay, and you're like, ah, that's Wrangler, right? So I'd, I'd imagine the biggest difficulty might be the driveline. But to be fair, you can't get a 392 two-door Wrangler. You can only get a four-door 392 Wrangler, which is already a, a lengthened Wrangler. We know that. And the Gladiator is even longer still. So I'd imagine it would just be changing the drive shaft slightly. All of that is to say, it can't be that difficult to get a 392 V8 in a Gladiator if they already did it for a Wrangler. And a long Wrangler, nonetheless. So, I'd imagine it would just be a simple matter of tweaking a few things for the Gladiator's application and then, bam, all good. Unless they decide to use the 392 truck V8 for the torque, then there might be a few other complications, but we'll see. Ford F-150, Kit, DeLorean, and Jurassic World Jeep Wrangler coming to Rocket League again this summer. Because we already had Kit, we already had the Jurassic World Wrangler and a few others, so that's not technically new. Rolls-Royce is planning more coach-built specials like the Boat Tail. Rolls-Royce says that if its customers want coach-built models, it will build them. Special Aston Martin Vantage Roadster pays tribute to Mark's third ever car. The Aston Martin Vantage comes from the Q division and is capped at just three units. Incredibly rare. 2022 Honda Civic hatchback combines practicality with turbo power and a six-speed manual. The redesigned Honda Civic hatch aims to be sportier than its sedan counterpart. The world's fastest street-legal car on the Nürburgring is now a tuned Porsche 911 GT2. A Porsche 911 GT2 with the Manthe performance kit lapped the, lapped the green hell and 6.43, 6 minutes, 43 seconds, point three, beating the AMG GT Black Series. Yes, but that's not from the factory. It was the Manthe Performance Kit. So, again, not a factory record. But, still really interesting that we're now in the 6.43s. You know what I want to see? You know what I want to see? A prefix 9-liter Extreme Viper go around the ring. Imagine how crazy that would be. Woohoo! The Ultimate Taco Truck? Millionth Toyota Tacoma going up for auction. The Millionth Tacoma has only been driven 158 miles since new. EPA-rated Mustang Mach-E GT range beats even Ford's estimates. The Mustang Mach-E GT was EPA-rated at 270 miles, and the GT Performance Edition at 260 miles. Lancia reportedly working on three new models, including SUV. A city car is reportedly scheduled for mid-2024, a crossover for Q1 2026, and a hatchback, if greenlit, for 2027. Okay, so recently Stellantis boss said, or Stellantis boss said, Carlos Tavares, hopefully I got that right, said that he's giving each brand, including Lancia, a decade to get their crap together, effectively, to make a working brand image, a working brand strategy, right? The problem here is that Lancia has already spent three years... Three years just making a city car, whether it's all new or not. And then five years getting a crossover. And then six years for another hatchback, if it's even green lit. They've already spent almost, more than half their decade, at the very least in the case of the crossover and the hatchback, they've already spent half the decade just trying to get a new car out, let alone a brand strategy, and let alone assuming it'll even sell. Right? That's... Ugh. They need to figure out something... 
way faster than that. And certainly a brand strategy and image and... Because what's Dodge about, right? What's their motto, their ethos? At the moment, it's muscle. It's muscle cars. That's what I'm talking about. Lancia needs to find an ethos and fast. And they need product for that ethos and good product for that ethos even faster. 2026 and 2027 isn't really it. Because they only have until 2031 to prove that they actually have, that they're A, a viable brand and they have a viable ethos. And that they can make good product. Look, Kia and Hyundai proved in roughly 12 years that you could turn a failing car company all the way around, but you had to focus on quality. You had to focus on reliability, among other things. And they did, and they did it brilliantly. Lancia needs that same one-track focus, and for that matter, so does Chrysler and Alfa Romeo. But Lancia probably more than any of the other former FCA, now Stellantis Stellantis brands. They need product fast they need an ethos that will actually mean something to the public fast 2026 for a crossover way too late with the market getting saturated as it is now and a hatchback even later mm-mm, mm-mm. lance here who you gotta you're gonna have to work a lot faster you gotta figure something out i'm not saying you can't do it but you'll need to pull a decade-long hail mary that's what i'm saying Next, USPS delivery van to be built in South Carolina. Ford tapped as component supplier. Production of the NGDV is slated to begin in the summer of 2023. Tesla Model 3 tops this year's American-made index. The Ford Mustang was the second most American model. Audi confirms plans to go EV only, aims to eliminate internal combustion engines by 2033. Audi CEO claimed their last internal combustion engine will be the best. It better be. How much is the one-off 2004 Ford Shelby Cobra concept worth? The 2004 Ford Shelby Cobra is powered by an aluminum 6.4 liter V10, delivering 605 horsepower. Hmm, I wonder where we heard, I wonder where we've seen an aluminum V10 from, delivering about 600 horsepower. Hmm, hmm. (laughs) Ah, it's so funny how familiar that sounds. It's funny that with the Viper, they took, Chrysler took from Ford's heritage, and then with the concepts, Ford took from Chrysler. <laughs> but what, what is interesting is that it's only a 6.4 liter, so it's massively small. Well, it's significantly smaller, because massively smaller is kind of an oxymoron. California dealership has 16 brand new Dodge Demons and is reportedly asking 200000 for each. God dang it, the markups. The dealership has been holding on to them since 2018, when Dodge ceased production. Jaguar's reinvention as a super luxury EV brand will bring Bentley and Porsche price levels. Okay, sure you will. JLR boss Theory Bellore, or Bellore, hopefully I got either of those names right, says Jaguar will move up market to take on Bentley and Porsche with their cars to start around 140,000, well, to start from around 140,000. Yikes. Is this funky E-Class actually a next-gen test mule in highly effective camouflage? Fender Flare suggests a wider track for the all-new upcoming W214 generation Mercedes-Benz E-Class. GM is working with Shell to provide Texans with free overnight home EV charging and green power. The energy service set up by GM will also offer customers and suppliers green energy for EV charging. 2022 Infiniti QX60 unveiled with upscale looks, modern tech, and semi-autonomous tech. 
The mid-size luxury crossover gets a long overdue replacement that comes with concept-inspired styling and newer technology. Mercedes-AMG A45 is getting an update for 2022. The little hot hatch has made a habit of punching above its weight. Could this update help it punch harder? Great Scott! Alleged drunk driver inadvertently reenacts Back to the Future DeLorean scene. Yeah, yeah, that, that seems pretty accurate. Betcha this driver wishes they could go back in time after driving, no, dragging, dragging a fire hydrant several blocks and getting into quite a bit of trouble. Bentley's adaptive music feature will create a unique score for your driving style. What? What? Come again. Okay, someone, someone, go to a racetrack, drive this Bentley around a racetrack with this feature on, and then see what it does. Please, God, let someone do that. It would be, that'd be hilarious. Your next Bentley could actually compose a unique musical soundtrack, depending on your driving style. So if you live in LA and it stops start and is aggressive, is it going to be aggressive classical music to tie in with the fact that you're probably cursing people's name for, or cursing people at all for not, move, for not driving properly in traffic? Or God forbid New York or Texas where people are speeding like hell. What... I want to know what this system will come up with, because it has to be comical. Hyundai's hydrogen-powered Nexo, now available in California with a $20,000 discount. The flagship Hyundai Nexo can be purchased for as little as $29,885 with discounts and incentives. Mansory Gronos is the bumblebee of Mercedes-Benz G-Classes. Fortunately, Mansory will build just 10 example, examples, wow, examples of the G63-based Gronos. Thank you. We don't need many of those. Class action lawsuit claims the 2021 Genesis GV80 is unsafe to drive. The class action lawsuit is asking for Genesis to repair or buy back all affected GV80s. Bugatti tests the Chiron Supersport to its 273 miles per hour limited top speed. Production of the Bugatti Chiron Supersport will be capped to, will be capped at just 60 units worldwide. 2022 Renault Kajar will be Nissan Rogue. Sports European cousin. The next generation Kajar is based on the Renault Nissan Mitsubishi Alliance's CMF hyphen D forward slash no CMF hyphen C forward slash D platform, which supports electrification. Range topping Fisker sorry, Fisker Ocean Extreme to pump out over four no to pump out over five hundred and forty-five horsepower. That's a little specific. Fisker hasn't announced pricing details for the flagship ocean SUV, but the entry level will start. But the entry-level model will start at $37,499 before incentives. Aston Martin sues Swiss dealer that helped finance the Valkyrie project. Swiss company Nebula Project helped Aston Martin out of a hole in 2016. Now it looks like the two are in a messy breakup. Or, sorry, are in for a messy breakup. Honda Roadmap reveals 2022 Civic Si is coming in October. Sales of the 2022 Honda Civic hatch will start in September and the Si will follow in October. Designer responsible for seats, sorry, Seat's recent attractive cars moving to Alfa Romeo. Woo! Yeah, let's go! Let's go! The man behind models like the Leon and the Formentor will lead Alfa Romeo's electrified revolution. When Enzo said no, one collector built his own Ferrari SUV in 1969. This mashup of a Ferrari 365 GT2 Plus 2 and a Jeep Wagoneer was labeled the Gerari. <laughs> Great name! Awful design. I can't stress that enough. It's kind of funny. See, it looks like a render. It looks like a render. That's all. It, oh my god. It's interesting seeing the Ferrari face 
And then the rest of it is like, uh, it, it just doesn't work. It's so weird. GM Designer sketches out what the 2022 Buick Enclave might have been. The 2022 Buick Enclave recently hit the market with refreshed styling. Real-life photos of 2022 F1 car leak ahead of official unveiling. The car was apparently supposed to be revealed. Revealed? I just combined unveil and reveal. Oops. Supposed to be revealed at the race at Silverstone, which is about a month away. Before we end, though, let's talk about the class action lawsuit. A class action lawsuit asserts that the Genesis GV80 can vibrate, shudder, and veer across the road while being driven at moderate speeds. The lawsuit has been filed by Marcus W. Corwin of Corwin Law in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca Raton, probably? Florida. Plaintiff Dr. Barbara Feinstein claims that she leased a GV80 in February 2021 for more than, than $900 a month and during a 1,100-mile road trip to her home in Florida encountered a raft of issues. Feinstein says that the GV80 began to dangerously shake, shudder, vibrate. <laughs> What's it? Shake, shudder, roll? I can't remember the, the little song. Anyway, and pull to the left, causing a continuous struggle to keep the SUV from veering off the road. She claimed she was driving at approximately 40 miles per hour or 64 kilometers per hour when the issue started and upon arriving in Florida, quickly took the GV80 to a, G to a Genesis dealership. The dealer is said to have replaced an axle and sent the car back to Feinstein's home in Maryland. However, she states that the SUV continued to shake at speeds beyond 45 miles per hour, 72 kilometers per hour, prompting her to take it to a local dealership that proceeded to replace the drive shaft and align the suspension. Despite these repairs, Feinstein says the GV80 continued to pull to the left and the steering wheel and headrest continued to shudder while driving. The lawsuit adds that Hyundai is accused of promoting the GV80 luxury SUV despite being aware of dangerous defects affecting the vehicle's drivability that are documented in Korean news media and current customer message boards. It calls for Genesis to buy back or repair all affected GV80 models. Ugh, they better get this fixed and they might want to provide compensation, otherwise this could be a blemish on Genesis. That would be really hard, well, I say really hard, that might be some levels of difficult to recover from. With that though, that is the end of the first weekly news roundup and indeed the first podcast in a while. Normal service is going to resume very, very soon. In fact, it kind of already is resuming, seeing as I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, normal service is here, everyone. Normal service is here. I hope you look forward to all the other podcasts that are to come. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, then please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, I really do appreciate that. Make sure you hit the little notification bell and then all notifications. That way you're notified every time I upload. Remember, in the description, there is a new link for the Teespring store where my new shirts are at. So go check that out. And hey, if you like what you see, maybe buy a shirt. In any case, I hope you all enjoyed. It is good to be back. I will see you all very soon. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.